Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Nerds Adulting Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Peter, and I am always joined by one of my best good pals, Josh. Josh, how's it going? How you feeling? What's up, buddy? Feeling good, Peter. Uh, actually, not really. I'm kind of little under the weather, but I'm motivated for today because we're talking about the grandfather of survival horror, the OG. Resident Evil, the OG of the OGs. The OG of survival horror. Yeah, so this is all part of our eight-week countdown to Halloween. Every week we are talking about something horror uh, grounded in video games and movies. So far we did think last week, we not think, last week we did... What did we do last week? Well, we did Bla- right Blair Witch. Blair Witch, which was awesome to kind of dive in and look back on that. And this one is actually going to be super fun, I think, as well, because it's Resident Evil. It's like the pinnacle. It's the original, as we said. The OG. God, I sound so lame. Is it lame to say OG nowadays? Like, I feel like it's lame. I feel like it's not cool. But anyways, I'm going to say it anyway. The OG of Resident Evil. Super pumped. What are you, how are you feeling about this episode, man? Feeling good. Feeling good, Peter. Uh... I, I love I love Resident Evil. I there there are I have a like a love hate relationship with it. Espe- <laughs> and that starts with <laughs> with the original. Uh, there's just some things that t- even today, unless you're like r- a really huge huge like you love the tank controls and the slow gameplay and the this huge lulls in in action. It's. It might not be for you. <laughs> you know, uh, if we were to talk about the game stands the test of time, it probably doesn't stand the test of time. I mean, given the oh, dialogue and the control no. schemes, but for its time. So I, I, I didn't know where to start with it. So, but I'm going to start just with my experience with this game when I first played it, and just why it's sort of sort of special to me. Like I'm like you, I love Resident Evil. The franchise itself is just is just so great and so fun i mean it literally brought back zombies or brought zombies i think into the forefront to the forefront to pop culture like it it was one of the one of the things that now i won't say it was the main factor into bringing zombies back but it's definitely one of the biggest reasons why zombies became super popular again but for me the reason why resident evil is so special to me is because it was the first time that i had ever experienced a game that scared me like there's a first i've never played a game that was scary or creepy or just anything that that felt like the feeling that you would get in the movies and it was actually worse than the movies because you're like partaking it's, in it's, it it's yeah, it's literally happening to you yeah you're controlling it and and it's ha- yeah happening to you as you control this character and so it was just a i was so this came. So Resident Evil came out originally on PlayStation in 1996. I can't remember if it's a simultaneous release on Saturn. I don't think it was. I think it was ported to Saturn. But in 1996 was the original release of this game. But yeah, so it came out in 1996. I was 12 or 13 when I first played it. And I'll never forget that moment when the zombie dogs jumped through the window. I it. My friend was like, you need to play this game didn't tell me anything about it you know what i mean because he had already played it and he already knew what was in store for it he was like, you need to play this game I was like, all right so we're sitting there he's like no i gotta turn off the lights i was like oh okay and i and i just remember i don't remember how i got up to that point but i was i went through that hallway the dog jumped through the window and i threw the controller down because this i 
I was blown away. Like I just I mean, I can, I can assume. I mean, you're not expecting it. It's not a game mechanic that we're used to, especially like setting that eerie feeling. And then all of a sudden you have dogs coming through windows and you're like, hey, yo, what the fuck? Yeah. Like the music, all the ambiance and all that stuff. And it was just like it was like a moment for me in gaming that I'll never forget. Like that is when we talk about our favorite like gaming moments. That is hands down probably one of my all time favorite gaming moments because that was the moment that I experienced survival horror or a video game horror ever and i always and i'll always remember that and it was just so incredible to experience something like that because it it just had never we had never seen anything like that and so from that moment on i was in love with it i always i was always big into horror you know my parents let me watch horror movies and stuff and so for resident evil the original game i just fell in love with it and it was and it was so good what what are your first memories with with resident evil so Okay, so Resident Evil for me, I I obviously didn't. Ex- I experienced I experienced it at a younger age than you did because back in that time I was you know I must have been six or seven, but like I think I must have played it when I was like nine or ten, like a couple mm-hmm. years after it had already been out. And my I was exposed to it by my older cousins, and so I had gone over to a sleepover. We were all having a sleepover. Me and all my cousins. I was very young, and uh, we we're all sitting in the dark and i was just i wasn't even playing it you know but i was exposed to it i was just watching it's the same thing that happened with like with alone in the dark the original game it's like we'd play alone in the dark and play um resident evil and uh so anyways i'm sitting there just watching them play and even not playing it like we would all get up and be like oh like go 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 like yelling for to run and we would all scream when the zombies would come from around the corner and you wouldn't expect it like and so that was really my first experience. Later on, I played it over myself. I think I've only beaten the f- original Resident Evil, I think maybe twice. I haven't played it much after that. I've definitely played the other Resident Evils. Resident Evil 2, forget about it. I've played through Resident Evil 2, not just the remake, but the original one like a mm-hmm. million times. I think that Resident Evil 2 is definitely like a fan favorite. I think obviously, Resident obviously, Evil... Resident Evil 1 has a play, a special place in, in like the fandom's hearts even though it's objectively bad but <laughs> it it did a lot of things right in terms of of scaring the 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 player you know and and really imposing that sense of of dread and horror and so but that that's that's how I came became exposed to it and it was it's such it it mean it the game the franchise as a whole especially the those first two games really they're a big part of my life because they incited a lot of like play with my younger family. You know what I mean? And even if we weren't sitting in front of a screen with controllers in our hands, we would be outside and we would be like, I'm Chris and I'm, I'm Leon and I'm, she's Jill. And we would run around and pretend that zombies were chasing us at night and stuff. And we would be out, we would say cheesy lines to each other. Like I was became a Josh sandwich. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. So that's interesting you said it's about playing with your friends. And I think that was like one of the things that made at least Resident Evil 1 and 2 sort of special was that was a game that was sort of, it was just fun to play, experience it with your buddies, even though they weren't playing it. You're like, they're, it's like watching a movie sort of. Is this what it felt like? Because if you look back on it now, it's sort of, it's very cheesy. Graphics are terrible. But for back then, it was like, it was groundbreaking. You know, if yeah, it was, people were like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. It was like very, it was very movie quality esque to me. For, even sure. though I was 12, 
12 years sure. old when I got the game actually came out. So it came out March 22nd, 1996. I was born in 83. So I was still 12 years old when that game first came out and, and playing it. And it's interesting. You talk about resident evil two. So I was, I was going back. I didn't actually go back and replay resident evil. I know we talked about yesterday. You and I were discussing and you, you watched a whole bunch of uh, like an entire playthrough. I watched some of the playthrough and I was like, man, I had a really like hard time remembering quite like all the stuff towards the end. But you mentioned Resident Evil 2 and how much you played it. I think for me, Resident Evil 2 and Metal Gear Solid probably are my most played played games of that yeah, era. Of that era. Definitely Metal Gear Solid and Resident Evil were Resident Evil 2 were my most played. And I remember, Resident Evil 2 is like one of those games you could go back, like you start off with it was Claire Redfield or, or Ke- Leon, Leon Kennedy. Kennedy. And then so there was disc one and disc two. And then you can go back and flip it and, and do it the other way, you know, whichever right. one you chose first. It's very similar, but there were still enough subtle differences. I'm like, oh, this is a little different. You know, it's super exciting. But yeah. Yeah. So Resident Evil for me is just, man, it just launched. It's so special because it just launched this entire genre of, of games. Sort of like how we talked about, it's interesting, the dynamic between Blair Witch where Blair Witch didn't actually age very well. I don't think it held up the, the the test of time, but it launched an entire genre of movies. And Resident Evil sort of did the same thing, right? It, it launched an entire yeah. genre of video games. After that, you had Silent Hill series that came out. And then later on, you had like Fatal Frame on PlayStation 2, and it just led into a bunch of uh, other horror games. Actually, I can't remember if Alone in the Dark was out before this. I don't know. So, so yeah, Alone in the Dark came out in 1992, but I don't remember if it was, that's the one that was quite as scary. I don't remember, but. No, it was a different time period. And also Alone in the Dark Chronicles, like the reincarnation of a special line of like, I think like witch hunters or like beast hunters or something like that. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's, al- it's allowed to have its time, timeline inconsistencies, which there are a lot of. It's just, I just like the dynamic. I didn't even think about it when we were putting these shows together about how both of these pieces of media are, are genre defining. Yeah. Genre, just genre defining. I guess I don't know. You know how to finish that sentence. But so I'm going to talk a little bit about the history of Resident Evil and sort of like the backdrop of like 1996 in general. And then I actually have a list of the top 10 games from 1996. It was fun to go back and look at that. So, just so everyone knows, the PlayStation originally originally released in North America on September 9th in 1995. So, this game came out in March. What was that? Six months later on the PlayStation? Right. In 1996. The Nintendo 64 was actually released in North America on September 29th, 1996. So, the 64 hadn't even launched yet. I thought that was interesting. So the original Resident Evil game production actually began in 1993. The project was originally planned for the Super NES before moving development to the PlayStation in 1994. Koji Oda was working on the Super NES version after having worked on Super Ghouls and Ghosts, another classic game. And then Oda revealed that the setting was originally more of a hellish place before being changed to a more realistic setting. So it's just interesting to me how these things sort of take shape. The live-action full-motion video sequences were filmed in Japan with a cast of American actors. All Japanese releases contain English voice acting with Japanese captions and text. However, 
Japanese voice performances were also recorded but were left unused because the director Shinji Mikami found the quality of the performances performances inadequate. This made me go, hmm. If they were that bad comparative to the English version, they must have been really bad. So it's actually it's actually funny that you say that because you say like if their if their performances were bad compared to the um, Western actors, I have a fun piece of trivia about those actors. None of those people were actors, like in a professional sense. They were all people that just happened to be in Japan at the time. What? I didn't know that. That were picked up off the street. The the man who plays Barry Burton in the live action sequences, the live action action opening sequence of the game, was an Australian school teacher that just happened to be in Japan on vacation. And so employees of at, at at the studio were given character concept art And they were told, go find people that look like this. And that's why (laughs) when you see those performances in that first live action scene, you're like, who are these actors? Because they're really bad. Wait, the actors in the in the full motion video sequences or they act voice actors? The voice actors and the and the motion and the both live. No, the live action actors are not the voice actors from, right. the, from the game. Okay, no, I just no, wanted no. to clarify. I got confused there. So you're saying, okay, that, I know that sounded super fake. Honestly, I didn't know that. I was like, what? Yeah. That sounds crazy. Yeah. No, I honestly didn't know that because I was doing some some research and I was trying to find information on the actor, actors, actresses, whatever, and I couldn't couldn't find anything. That's interesting. That That's that's pretty cool. It just shows you how, how much they valued or how much funding they had for voice acting back then, right? I mean, it wasn't yeah. something common at that time to have yeah, Full I think audio. only I don't I don't remember her name, but the female who plays Jill in the live action se- opening sequence is the only person out of everybody that was uh, attributed with the project that carried on as a as a voice actor in in video games. Like she used that to jumpstart her career. She has some other credits, but nobody else ever got back into that kind of um a realm like to do voice acting or any kind of acting period oh i mean i wouldn't couldn't imagine that being they're like hey this is my my work this is my work listen to it and this is terrible i think it might be some (laughs) of the worst acting like ever but oh fun fact some i think it was a guinness book of world records i forgot what in like 2008 or something gave it the worst voice acting game of all time this was like early like early i mean even not just i don't know how you do that how 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 you come to like how you do the Guinness Book Award records that, but they came out and said it was the worst voice acted game of all time. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to argue that because it is bad. Even as a kid watching that, it was like you would make fun of like the whole Jill sandwich line just cracks me up every time. And I, and I was watching the playthrough and it's like, you almost became a Jill sandwich. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that like thought- that's. That's 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 such a crazy thing to conceive, and everything, even their their like reactions and inter like um, interactions with each other are just so unrealistic. And even their behaviors, like in the beginning, they're, they're like, "Hey, Jill, there's some gunshots over there. Go check it out all by yourself. We're a highly we're a, a highly trained group of individuals, but you're gonna go alone." 
<laughs> or yeah, like why, that's, why 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 did they split up why do they need to split yeah, up at I all i don't know you know like i don't know it's i know it's easy to tear apart now but it's just it's funny to look back look back and on it's it. funny to see like the gall not of them like trying to say that these are highly trained individuals but then like the minute that joseph who's the guy that gets mauled by the dogs when he finds the pistol and he f- he pulls it out to see that it's a severed hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Which is which is censored. It's censored in the Western version. It's yeah, not they cut, c- it cuts like right at the bottom, so you can't see the hand, right? Yeah, yeah. But so like it's left up to your interpretation. But that that <gasps> like that shitty gasp that he gives out, and then when he's getting attacked, and Jill is like Joseph, <laughs> like that's so bad. <laughs> What's funny is that that's not the actress's voice. They dubbed another woman's voice over it to try and compensate for how bad hers was, and it oh, was wow. still bad. Wow. Now, and release the original cut. Now, I just want to see yeah, how bad the original, <laughs> the original one, how bad that one is. Yeah, it's, uh, it's funny looking back on games and how development happened and where, like, where, they, where they focused on and, and when I mean... For its time, it was still like even twelve years old. It was it's it kind of remind me of those old eighties horror movies and early nineties, like Freddy Krueger, like Nightmare on Elm Street, like and and the Friday the Thirteenth movies, just sort of like that campy horror. Even though like it still yeah, scared like, the shit out of me as a kid, and it just kind of reminded me of that going going back and watching it. So all right, I'm gonna go over some. I'm going to go over the t- the 10 best-selling games from 1996. Now I got this from a site called ultimatepopculture.fandom.com and they like pulled all they have like they have links to their sources on here. But it's still I'm not sure how accurate it is just because they didn't track sales like they do now. We think we talked about that with Contra when we talked about it. like they just didn't yeah, track we sales did, we did. Uh, about it. So, uh did you already look at this list? I know you looked at the notes. Did you look at the I list? Did, I lo- I looked at the list, yeah. Okay. So, I thought it was interesting. So, number 10 was missed on pc i don't know if you ever played that game it was i have definitely heard of how popular it is like among like hardcore old school fans so like but i have personally never played it yeah it's very man i played it i had a pc and it it ran horribly on my pc but i still was able to play it and it was just for its time super immersive the way the storytelling was Uh, great game great great game Number nine comes in the game that we're talking about today, Resident Evil on PlayStation. That was number nine. Number eight was Star Wars Shadow Shadow of the Shadows. Can't talk today. Shadows of the Empire on Nintendo sixty four. Tekken wasn't 2. Shadows wasn't Shadows of the Empire like that Doom esque kind of like. It was like a Star Wars. I think it was like a Star Wars FPS that it like, was had like Doom esque feels. Like it was like a two D fps i don't remember that no it was 3d because it was 64 like 64 was touting the 3d stuff right mm, it was yeah, a yeah, third yeah. person game i want to say and you played luke skywalker's bodyguard i want to say i think that's oh, who I it was i don't but remember i remember because i had a 64 and there weren't very many games on it and every time a new game came out i would run to family video and i would rent them because i wanted to play them so fucking bad anyways <laughs> number, number i was one <laughs> yeah i'd ride my bike I would ride my bike okay. to family video. So I know we talked about, that's how I played Metal Gear Solid. I never actually owned Metal Gear Solid for a very long time. I just rented it all the time. Uh, Tekken 2 came, came in at number seven. So number six was Super Mario RPG on this SNES. Wave Race 64 was Nintendo 64. 
Madden NFL 97 on PlayStation was number four. This is interesting because Donkey Kong Country 3 is number three, which was on the SNES. And Donkey Kong Country 2 is number two on the Super NES, which I, I guess they both must have. Maybe they didn't launch at the same time, but I mean, still, that's interesting. Number one was Super Mario 64 on the Nintendo 64. Mind you, remember, the 64 launched in September, what did I say, September 29th? Yeah, September 29th. Yeah. And and that was the number one selling game. I mean, because I guess it came with every Nintendo 64. It was, isn't isn't Super Mario 64 like one of the highest grossing games of all time? Uh, Probably. I mean, it's one of the greatest games of all time. I mean, shit, I've played that game. That was a groundbreaking game, too. That was like the first time that I think... It was that and Tomb Raider was like the first full 3D game that ever that had ever come out. And Super Mario 64 looked better, but still. Yeah. But that was interesting to go back and look at the top selling games of all of those. Mist in particular, because that, that holds a little special place, special place in my heart. So I know we talked a little bit about I'm gonna talk about some of the, the enemies in Resident Evil. Do you wanna talk about some because I have a I have a funny funny theory about the enemies in Resident oh, Evil. Go go ahead. Go ahead. Give it to me. I felt like the creators were like, what are the things people are creeped out the most by? <laughs> They're like, right. spiders. Oh, yeah. Sharks. S- snakes. Snakes. And like, let's make them all v- enemies in this game, right? And because let's make them all giant. Giant snakes, <laughs> yes. And like, I don't like spiders. Like, I don't kill them or anything. I have like a mutual respect for spiders. Like, I like what they do. They kill insects, right? I am not a fan of spiders. They creep me the fuck out. And then like, I just, yes, I have, I guess like arachnophobia. If I see a spider, I'm like, Ugh, I get, ch- I get creeped out. Right. Mm-hmm. So seeing that seeing giant tarantulas running around chasing me and the, I still hear the, the sound that they make that little, <laughs> that was a terrible sound, but like the soft, like whatever, like yeah, yeah, carpet. Like that. Yeah. And it, like, like soft, like the thump, the thump. There you go. Thank you. That's better. Just oh, I, I heard it watching that game. It still like creeped me out. I just imagining a giant ass fucking tarantula chasing me around. And then I saw yeah. the sharks, and it's funny because I know people that are deathly afraid of sharks, and they've never they never go in the water. They're like, I grew up in Chicago. There's no sharks near Chicago, but there's people that I knew that were deathly afraid of sharks. Like they were terrified of them. And so I just felt like the creators were like, what are they? Just like they couldn't Google back then. But they're like, what are the top ten phobias that people have? And they just said, let's make them all enemies. Yeah. So what did you think about the, the enemies um, from Resident so Evil 1? What's, what's funny is that spiders, like, every, every, almost every video game has some form of, like, spider enemy. I mean, because they want to they incite that, like, like, that sense of, like, fear, I guess. I mean, there's a spider in almost every Resident Evil game. There's a spider enemy. Or some kind of insectoid type like creepy crawly even if it's not a, a spider itself like i don't actually remember if resident evil 6 does and then 4 had the salamander but 4 also had that guy that splits himself in half and grows like legs and is weird that to me isn't that scary though i don't know why that doesn't scare me as much the idea of a giant spider or even the i called them i think they're called the i i'm not sure if i just called them the lickers or if they were actually called lickers in resident evil 2 but that's what I call them—the little like brain, mm. brain lizard things. Like those things yeah, creep me yeah. out too. So I think that's—I think there is though. I'd have to look more in depth into it. But um, spiders are just scary. I mean, I think they'd be—they'd be 
remiss if they didn't use spiders. I mean, it's something that they in their repertoire that they could have used, and they did, and it, and it was successful. I mean, it got it got the results that they wanted. Who doesn't? I mean, I I'm not afraid of spiders. Like spiders, spiders don't creep me out. I mean, I'll hold a spider if I have a glove. Nope. Like, nope. I'll hold a spider. Oh, I'll, but I, I'll hold but a spider with a glove, yes, but I ain't picking no fucking spider with my bare hands. Nope. But I, but I don't <laughs> want, bro. you know, a 400-pound spider walking around. Nah, that's, a, that's a nope for me, dog. Thumping, you know? <laughs> thumping around the house. I don't want that. Peace out. I'm out the door. I'm heading back exactly. to the forest. I don't care what's out and there. When it comes to sharks... <laughs> I thought it was always weird that like the sharks can swim through the the catwalk in the tank area. I always thought that that was weird. Yeah. And then also also I don't know if the sharks were infected. But if they were, then it's fine. But if they're supposed to be like live sharks, then like well, if, if they haven't been fed in quite some time, Right, I mean, maybe, yeah, you're right. Maybe you're right. they might be a little hungry. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know much about shark biology. I don't know how long they <laughs> yeah, have to we go. Didn't, we didn't study shark without yeah. eating. But you know? yeah, I think um, that I think that was insinuated. I think it was like inferred that they were being tested on, so they probably were like biologically altered in some way. But I thought that was interesting. Oh, and the crows too. There's a lot of people that are just afraid of birds, like. They, yeah, they saw I mean, the movie crooks, Birds. But. Crooks can absolutely shred a human being, like if they're dead, like they can totally. Yeah, I mean, they're, I, they're, they're and, strong, and they're, and they're one of the smartest creatures on the planet. I mean, that's already scary in and of itself. Like, there's there's a scene in that game. I forgot where what room it was in, but you walk in and the camera angle is like right next to that crow, and it's just calling at you. And I was like, bro, yeah, it's just like. Gah! Yeah, that's another yeah. thing too. I don't even know if those are real calls from a crow. Is just like, someone just calling? That's how they recorded. Yeah, because it was like super obnoxious. Like yeah. crows just ah, like loud as fuck in your ear in the middle of the night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. There's a scene where that that crow is like right in the camera and he's just sitting there calling. I'm just like, uh, fuck. What are you gonna do? You know, like the yeah. tension that was built with those birds was was interesting. But I gotta tell you, man, they were like, "What? What are people afraid of?" And let's make them into enemies in this game. Like they they really, I think, thought about that when they were designing the game. Because remember the movie Birds, right? The the Hitchcock movie. I think it was yeah by uh, Hitchcock. They did the Birds movie, and then I guess Jaws. Obviously, like people were terrified after jaws so they they think they definitely had some callbacks to like what actually scared people and like how can we build on that i don't Zombies, know if there is but. i don't know if there is there was a movie out when did arachnophobia come out because that was a think arachnophobia around that features time. features a really big spider like it's yeah. not like huge like the ones in the game but it's pretty big enough to make you uncomfortable and the way that they did it with like practical effects Dude, that movie Definitely. creeped me out. Like, this movie's like, I've seen, like, The Blob, I saw Freddy Cougar, I've seen, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, all that stuff. Didn't scare me nearly as much as Arachnophobia did. That movie creeped me out. Arachnophobia came out in 1990, so there's probably some definite, I'm gonna say probably definitely, that sounds terrible, but there was probably some influence to maybe to that movie or to just spiders in general. I, just, I think it's a common, people are, I think it's a, it's a common thing, people are afraid of spiders. And so, like, yeah. Let's make them big, 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 giant monsters that chase you around. And then when they die, they have little baby spiders that crawl around too. You remember that? Right. I was like, 
Like, and what? they would try. You could you could walk over them, and yeah. they would like get squished. Yeah, but oh, they would still. They're still trying to get you. Like yeah. <laughs> they could I still could, mess you up. Okay, I couldn't remember they still caused damage though. That's one thing I couldn't remember. I know you could walk over them uh, in a playthrough that I watched. I couldn't remember if you could walk over them, but I remember that. I'm just like that's fucking the idea of like I've seen like those videos on social media, whatever of like giant, not giant, but like spiders infestations with tiny baby spiders or spiders that have baby spiders on them crawling around like oh man this gives me the heebie-jeebies dude like i don't fuck with spiders man <laughs> i just don't snakes that's cool i love snakes if, i mean if they're poisonous i just stay away from them like but I, I could touch a snake i can hold them uh zombies don't really scare me like whatever like but spiders nah man i'm out <laughs> mm. i'm done mm, 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 mm. yeah I, I mean i'm i don't have a Obviously, there are things that, when they're huge, they make me a little uncomfortable, but yeah. I don't really have a problem. I mean, I don't, and funny, I'm not a... Funny enough, we had a pet tarantula in my house growing up. Maybe that's where it comes from. I mean, I was afraid of them even when we had the pet tarantula. I, I thought... So, here's another thing, too, about me. I think spiders are fucking fascinating. Like, I, I think they're super interesting animals or creatures, arthropods, whatever, they're, whatever they are, right? I find them super fascinating. I love watching shows about them it's almost like a car crash right you just can't take your eyes off of it like that's how i feel with spiders and like the the bird eating spider that hides in its own like little nest and waits for a bird to land and it fucking like pierces through its nest and grabs the bird like that shit's fucking metal as fuck dude and it's like super interesting to me i don't know what it is but i'm terrified of them i'm like i will not touch them i never held that spider we that spider lived for like 15 years and i never touched it i never even picked it up my dad would all right, I, I think we've overplayed the spider thing. I okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Peter Peter does not like spiders. If that's the main takeaway from today's episode, but okay, good. Anyways, <laughs> all right. Before uh, I had so I have fun facts and stuff, but I want to jump into the. I want to what uh, what else did you want to jump into? What what other things did you want to talk about? So one thing that I definitely think helped set the tone was the ambient uh, music that mm. they had for the game. It's definitely a fan favorite of the fan of the franchise. Like people loved the music from the first game. Nobody liked the music in the director's cut In the director's cut in the director's cut. It's kind of like unanimous across the, 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 the fandom that the director's cut music was absolute garbage. And there's actually a funny reason. So there was, there was a composer by the name of Mamoru, Samuragochi, right? And he was a a composer that tried to say that he was losing his hearing and that he also had some kind of other ailment. And he played this off for 18 years. But the he's the composer, the listed composer for the director's cuts music. However, he didn't write that music. He had a ghostwriter for 18 years. He lied to everybody in Japan. And there was a huge lawsuit and a bunch of stuff happened, a bunch of drama uh, because of it. And he tried, to, he tried to say that he was losing hearing so that, so that it would make him more mysterious, like make him more, like, uh, uh, like add to his, his, uh, his appearance or his... Didn't I guess Beethoven his vibe. lose his hearing? Was it Beethoven? Yes. So he was trying yes. to be like the new Beethoven, I guess. I don't think I don't think Beethoven lost his hearing. I think he was just deaf. When he was a kid, he still had he could hear. 
If it's Beethoven, oh, okay. I know he, he could hear okay, when he was a kid. I didn't, he lost I didn't, it I didn't know that. But yeah. he was trying to say that he, had, he was s- slowly losing his hearing, his ability to hear. And uh, he tried to say that he also had some other stuff. But so wait, this is um, the original composer, the original composer. No, this is oh, the okay. this is the director's cuts composer. So okay, the who, the, he, the music, who didn't even really compose it. Correct. Somebody else composed it, and that guy, um, the guy, the ghostwriter's name is Takashi Niigaki. And so he did he get credit for his crappy <laughs> composition? No, he's still not credited on the oh, releases. Wow. It's still credited to this guy. He oh, that's not interesting. Credited. It came out after the game's release. And not only that, not only like all this drama surrounding that soundtrack, but the soundtrack is bad <laughs> for the director's cut. I don't, I don't remember because I remember I actually probably played the director's cut more than I played the original one because I got the director's cut later on when I finally got a PlayStation because I always played Resident Evil in my friend's house. Probably why I don't remember the ending so much because I played the director's cut more than the other one. And so I don't remember the And it's so long ago. This is over over 20 years ago. Right? Holy shit! How old? Yeah, are we? but twenty six years th- ago. The thing is, though, the thing is, though, I think it's funny that I don't think that you can make that connection between the musical scores because of the fact that you played it such a long time ago. And yeah. when you're young, when you're young, you're like, "There's music, cool." But when you're older, is when you really appreciate all of the effort that goes into things like that. Like I, you really like. I'm really digging the music of this game right now. Like I'm really vibing. Like. I will say that was one of the things that I, I'm saying, I don't mean to cut you off, but I will say that was one of the things about Resident Evil that I remember. I don't remember specifics of it, but I remember playing and like thinking like this music is very movie like, you know, mm. like, like the creating the ambiance. Like that was one of the things I remember was that gave that feeling of horror was the creepy music, right? Like mm. that was like I remember. I couldn't tell you like the difference, like difference in songs or the pianos and why it sounds better in this version. I couldn't remember that, but. I, I, as a 12-year-old, I was like, yes, this, that's one of the reasons why they can't creep out. I'm sorry. Continue on. But I just want to say that as no, no, a no, kid, I remember fine. that. I, be, I, be just, I just think that maybe it comes from like, I mean, for me, music, I was like, oh, there's music. But it, I didn't really pay attention. As, I'm, as I got older is when I really started to pay attention to those little details. And really, it would, you know, make a, an impact on my decision on whether or not I liked a piece of media or not. Like, it's, not, I mean, obviously not just music. Music is a big deal to setting a tone now for me especially you know it's interesting but i, fe- I uh, feel like when i was younger it wasn't that big of a deal but i do as i as i'm older now and i've played the games or at least heard the the direct comparisons more recently i can definitely say 100 percent that the director's cut music is absolute garbage so you actually experienced it before this right. episode you went back okay gotcha gotcha yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Music's always been big, just in, in general. I know we're going off a little tangent here, but so I was telling the story, like, so as a kid, I didn't know who Queen was, right? I mean, I was probably, I can't remember when Wayne's World came out, but I wasn't like, I didn't just, I didn't know the band Queen. I probably heard their music before, but I was introduced to Queen because of Wayne's World in the, in the, in the scene, in the very, in the beginning when they're a car and they're lip syncing to Bohemian Rhapsody. And so like things like that, like, I noticed the music and then it like I bought that sound my dad bought me that soundtrack for Christmas and I played it over and over again like Predator Aliens like all that stuff that we talk about one of the reasons why even as a kid music was sort of like Sonic the music in Sonic the Hedgehog as a kid I loved it you know just like one of those things that's always stuck with me for some reason I just always like music for some reason so I have I don't I don't, I don't have anything else to add I'm I think sorry. I got shit that's it <laughs> All right, show's over. Bye. We did, we did it, boys. Oh, just kidding. No, um, I just think, I think that they nailed the ambience. I mean, 
even if I don't even know if on the original PSX version, if you can turn the music off, but even that is a viable option to experience the game in a completely different way because there's no musical cues. It's it's just pure silence. And all you really have is like those those creepy noises of the manor itself, that those that shuffle of the zombies and the, the that shitty fucking uh, that was fucking like, scary to me man that was like and then when you know when you would know you're like you're like in a hallway yeah you fucking that, come like, <laughs> that was pretty good oh thanks man i'm thanks. A, i'm a, i got some uh raised hairs over here dude. <laughs> all right um, chills. <laughs> no but um new segment oh, you, listen to us do video game sounds <laughs> yeah that's that should be a whole thing um so guess what video game this but, is off this this impression <laughs> yeah exactly but um when when you go into like those uh, hallways and you can't see anything because of the fixed camera angles with the castle controls and shit, which is Jesus, my God, it's horrible, right? <laughs> but uh, but it definitely helped lend to the horror aspect because there everything was unknown to you. You couldn't see around corners. There was it's not third person, so you would literally depend on whether or not you could hear things around a corner like zombies even though you couldn't see them but you could hear that that like that and some of them were really long like some of them just uh, just like this insanely and you're just like oh fuck like when you can't you there's no way around it you're like i have to go down this hallway the door i need to go to is over there and then you cut around the corner and by the time the camera switch happens it's too late and you're getting munched on dude it's funny that you talk about the zombies and and like so my friends and I would always try to avoid zombies, right? And see who could dodge them the best, right? And so we would like talk shit to each other because it was sort of like this weird competition thing that we had, right? When we would watch each other play the game, that we would be who could dodge the zombies the best. That was like something that we always did. I will say something that was I thought was very creative looking back on it was so when they go to room to room they have load times right because it's on a disc and they have to load up the next instance mm, and yeah with the with the doors that i felt like even though it did get kind of annoying after a while but it still led to some of the the ambiance and the the creepiness that tension the yeah. tension yes it's a good word tension because and also each door had different sounds there was like metal doors gates and stuff and i thought that was a, a creative way to still build on the the tension and the ambience and and all of that with something that's a constraint right because a lot yeah, of time i don't is think a, a constraint i don't i don't even think since then another game has done the door thing i mean no i mean they did on the the gamecube versions too i believe no 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 no, no. i mean i mean like no as other like game i don't think yeah as like a load screen for the next environment uh yeah, I don't know. I don't, I couldn't tell you. I, uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Okay, I just lost my train of thought in mid like grunting yeah. noises there. But I don't think anybody else has done that. But I think that it it lends to that to that ambience, that tension that we were talking about. Yeah. So yeah, it was just a creative. It, it was very creative on the designer's part to like incorporate that. How can we take something that's a constraint and still incorporate it in a way that's that makes sense? And they did it. Did a good job. So the controls. Now the controls. Everyone, even back then, people complained about the controls. And you were, I think, you said it or you were insinuating it. It led to that tension, that fear, because the controls sucked so bad. It was really yeah. hard to avoid enemies. And I, I never had a problem with the controls. Really, I thought it was, it was fine for me. And it just, it just, 
Because no, like that was one of the things that people said about Resident Evil Four when it went to to the third person over the shoulder full 3D was that wasn't as scary because you're just like murking a bunch of zombies and stuff. And they said the same thing with Resident Evil Two. I still think Resident Evil Two is fucking scary as shit because that game had some moments. Still remember when I was playing it on stream and a zombie just fell off the stairs (laughs) in one of the scenes and just like scared the crap out of me. So. Yeah, I don't think that's that was true in that regard. But yeah, when you have shitty controls like that, it definitely added to the difficulty or the the fear of being being killed. Yeah, because like I mean, escaping. I mean, wh- let me walk back very very calmly. Like <laughs> this like weird rearward shuffle that you're doing as the zombies like, where are you going? I'm gonna I'm gonna get you. You know. When I was uh when I was in, I was in high school, <laughs> I remember my friend. I would start doing this thing where I'd go up to the wall and I would just like run in place. Like I was running into the wall, like in Resident Evil. Cause you know, like if you run into a wall in Resident Evil, you still run. And I was doing yeah. that in class. And I just remember he was cracking up so loud. And I started doing that, that we all got in trouble because like, I think we we're supposed to be quiet or something, but I used to do it all the time to make him <laughs> laugh. <laughs> just go up That's to the awesome. wall and just run. Or then like do like the little steps. I was doing all yeah. that before the YouTube videos came out, but yeah, let's talk about inventory. Oh, f- Oh Fuck. my! What did you have? You only had like six slots. Oh my god! And you couldn't, you couldn't. I, if I remember correctly, you could not drop stuff. So I don't like, think you could, unless you went to the save room with the the chest or whatever it was called. Right. You had to. Yeah, you had to get that like that storage chest <sighs> where you can swap out items. But like, if you were super far away from something, it was a pain. There's the Resident Evil was a game that like if you, the, like especially on the first playthrough, it yeah. incorporated a lot of backtracking oh my goodness like so you had to backtrack it could sometimes take you like 10 minutes to get somewhere you know what i mean because and and you're like oh i need the key that's in the box that's on the other side of the dang mansion and you'd have to run all the way back yeah because you didn't know if you needed it you didn't know what you needed and then another thing that like was kind of like not every uh i'm pretty sure not every typewriter had a a box ink ribbon so ink ribbon yeah so no 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 a a box for you to pull your ink ribbons out of yeah you might be right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so if you got somewhere where you're like i need to save shit i don't have any ink ribbons now i gotta backtrack to where there's a box just to get an ink ribbon to run all the way back here to get to save then i don't need the ink ribbons anymore i gotta go back to get whatever item I do need to bring it back through here. Can I just say I hate games that require have a game save mechanic like that where you have to like go someplace to save. I hate games like that. Like Metroid Dread, I've been playing that. It makes me go back and save. Like it's really irritating to me. Even in the Re- Resident Evil 2 remake, you have to go back and still like go like to your game and save. Can we just get like can all games just make it auto save? I don't know. I just God, that yeah. was so frustrating. That game, the, the the inventory management piece and all that, yeah, I don't have any anything good to say about the the inventory management in the game. It was so frustrating. I think, I think Resident Evil Four was the first one to not require an ink ribbon, but you still had to stop at a typewriter to save. Yeah, I, and then I th- Resi- Resident Evil Five was the first one that incorporated auto saving. But I know in the Resident Evil 2 remake, you still had to go to a typewriter. I don't think you needed ribbons. I can't remember. I just played this game like a shit ton oh, no, last year. Oh, you no. Don't, you, don't, you don't need a, uh, an ink ribbon in Resident Evil in the remake, no. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 
And I, don't I just remember. played it recently, be- yeah, with my son, and you don't need a ribbon. Okay, that makes sense. And what about village? Did you need to save? I can't remember. Anyways, I know we're. I don't remember. Yes. I think village. I think village was also uh, auto saving. Okay. Yes, inventory management was a pain in the ass and i always thought i was always like like half kidding like how how is this realistic i can put shit in this box and go across the map all the way to this basement and the box still has it like what is this even though it's it's a it's a bag of it's a box of holding box of holding yeah it's like a it's a dungeons and dragons term oh right (laughs) okay gotcha you just put whatever you want in it like forever (laughs) yeah that's exactly what it is but they they even had that in the resident evil 2 game so yeah do you want to yeah. jump into some fun facts? Sure, absolutely. So you may already know these. I don't know if you looked at them, but since we both researched it, we probably, probably know these. Okay. <clears throat> this is from shortlist.com. This is where I got it from. So due to hardware limitations, Capcom decided not to make this game a multiplayer game. They yeah, had originally origi- it was supposed to have two people, both with tank controls at the same time. That would have been on the on the same screen. That would have been really interesting. Which they actually introduced in was it Resident Evil Online Survival? I don't remember what game they did introduce co op, but it was in in Resident Evil Raccoon City Operation. No, it's not Operation Raccoon City. No, it's Raccoon City. That's like that was like yeah, okay, yeah, that was the original Resident Evil Online on PlayStation where you could go through. It's like it's like you and it's like you and eight other people. Yeah, and I remember that because there was no communication. Like there was no yeah. like you could talk could to be, people. You could and you can be infected. Like you can ha- be infected walking around. Yeah. Yeah, and then you turn a zombie, you can attack them, but that would only last for like a short amount of time, and you get kicked from the game or whatever. I tried yeah. playing that a few times, and it was just like very frustrating and wasn't very fun. Yeah. And so we talked a little bit about the, a little bit about the Sega Saturn version. So the Sega Saturn version of the game had some cool extra features. Where one, you could fight a zombie version of Albert Wesker via the Saturn version's unlockable battle game, which the PlayStation yeah. version did not. And there was an extra tough gold version of Resident Evil's final boss, the Tyrant, which could also be found in the same minigame. This is where you actually you actually were telling me about this, and I didn't know know it, but in so I always just called them the hunters. In the PlayStation version, the lizard dudes were lizard guys were hunter alphas i guess is the correct term i just called them hunters yeah. i don't even know where, where that name came from but there were i think they were it was like in some document you could unlock but on the saturn version there was a pretty big change when you cleared the courtyard you had to face ticks instead horrible well, they, they're they're similar creatures yeah, they look. Like, I watched the video. It looked like the, very similar, but I think they were just darker and rounder. Like, like mechanically, they're a little like basically the same enemy, but they're just called different and they have a different appearance. Yeah, and they were ticks essentially, horrible insect-like things with sickle arms that could slice your limbs from your body in one smooth arc. I didn't get that from the video, but I thought it was interesting that they they had changed that. I don't know the reasoning behind that. Yeah, this one I didn't know. The eerily. Quiet Mansion Resident Evil was influenced by Stephen King's similarly haunted setting from The Shining, The Overlook Hotel. Yeah, there's even uh, throwbacks to The Shining in Resident Evil 2. Like, I think was somewhere... Was words some, on the somewhere wall in the, Somewhere in the game, Red Rum is written. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I remember that. I remember uh, reading yeah. about that. Yeah, that's right. 
they 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 definitely had some callbacks to some of their inspirations too because i think i thought it was an interesting one i didn't put this on my fun facts but in resident evil 2 the uh logos on the jackets were like an ode to queen band which actually i just yes randomly talked about so i thought that was cool uh, before Capcom decided on Resident Evil's creepy fixed camera angles, the game was going to be a first-person shooter. Yeah, I don't know how that would have worked out. Because I, I know, think right? There were, there were many for FPSs on that were yeah. wildly successful on the PlayStation at that time. Well, it had only been out for six months by then. Yeah. I don't think there were any. Maybe Wolfenstein? I don't remember what had come out. Yeah, there wasn't very many. You're, I mean, if, if, if any at all. So I, don't think it, I don't think it would have been as successful if it was a first-person shooter. Probably not. Probably not. I don't. I just. I can't imagine what they did with that game and it having the the impact that it that it did if it wasn't made the way that it was. If that makes sense. Right. So, and so everyone knows not everybody, but I'm sure everyone is aware of this that the original, the Japanese version of the game was called Biohazard, and they couldn't use that name in the u.s because of copyright reasons the copyright reasons though was because there was an, a dos game called biohazard which i didn't know i knew that there was copyright issues but it was actually a, a game already had come out on the dos platform called biohazard what was that? i don't i don't know what that game is what do you know what that was i have no clue i played commodore 64 stuff all the time i played i never heard of that game I didn't know this until I started looking stuff up about Resident Evil, some fun facts. I did not know that there was a DOS version of a game called Biohazard. Just did not yeah. know that. Yeah. So. That's funny. That's crazy. So I have some cool fun facts about characters. Oh, do tell. So, yeah. So um, Jill Valentine is, she was in the army, right? First, she started off her career in the military. And she was so proficient uh, that she got recruited by Delta Force, Ooh, and Delta. and and went through their their six through their pipeline for six months, and then um, she became especially <laughs> she became a <laughs> she became as she became specialized in like bomb disassembly and lock picking, which is funny that that's part of her character backstory because Barry makes a, a call to that. When they first start, when they master when the game first, picking, yeah, <laughs> you. Like, that's like such a <laughs> shitty interaction. I remember like the first time I heard that, I was like, "What the fuck?" Like, because he's like, "Jill, I have this lockpick. You should take it because you are." And then there's like a pa- like a two second pause, and he's like, "The master of unlocking." Like it's so bad. And then oh, she man. got she got out, and then she was recruited to Stars by Albert Wesker. I was going to say, man, you really saw that Delta training show up in Resident Evil, didn't you? Yeah, 100%. (laughs) Um, uh, And then I think it's funny that that's how that plays out because the lore says that she kept her skills a secret. So, like, they didn't know that she was in Delta Force. But then I'm like, Hmm. how did did Wesker recruit her then? So, yeah, that's weird. Um, Funny, uh, cool stuff about uh, Chris and... Barry, Barry and Chris were both fighter and helicopter pilots in the Air Force. That's how they met. And uh, I guess... I feel like this is like a fan fiction that I would have written as a kid <laughs> based yeah, on these right, backstories. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I don't remember. I know that every character in the game in the beginning gets like a little cheesy, 
like 90s sitcom intro where they like mm. fix their clothes and like or like reload a gun or like you know rebecca chambers fixes her fucking her bandana and like does that weird like i guess this is my life now like even though she's like <laughs> there's zombies eating people everywhere but she's like so happy go lucky attitude you know um so uh there's that for them and then he got out of the air force because apparently he was too headstrong with his superiors so he's like, i'm such a rebel i'm gonna go join this special rescue response team yeah, you that's know, exactly who one of my tactical response team is someone that yeah does a oh, response well Star- stands for special tactics and rescue service right yes. but i mean that's who you want on my team that person that doesn't listen to orders right that's perfect for, yeah, ex- a, for exactly. my tactical i mean even team. even in, even in resident evil 2 you go to you go to chris's desk and it's all like fucked up and <laughs> oh that's right <laughs> like, yeah it's all messy yes, yeah it definitely seems like he's like the like the black sheep you know what i mean and then um wesker is actually a phd graduate in virology that's but, interesting but then he works for a small town special response force as their team leader. So I thought that was a weird lore thing. But I mean, I guess it makes sense later because Wesker's like at the center of all of Umbrella shit. You know what I mean? Well, maybe he was, that was just like some, I don't know. Cause Wesker was in, right. He was always up to no good. He was always like part of Umbrella and, and everything. Even in the game, he had a turn, like there was a moment where he turns on you. Right. So maybe that wasn't, Truly, maybe he was just a uh, putting on. Maybe I don't know. Maybe he was a secretly like a secret agent for Umbrella working on there. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Remember, I, mean, I don't know the lore that well. But I mean, the the the, the thing with Wesker is apparent. According to the lore, Wesker is not even that's his not even his name. Wesker is a designation given to creations by Umbrella. So, like from the mm. get go, Wesker's like a, a a pawn, not a pawn, but like a, an instrument of Umbrella. And then eventually yeah. he become he's part of like the the research team and everything. Well, because I remember and in then, Resident Evil, Co Veronica, he shows up and he's like this superhero, like the supervillain, right? And just beating the shit out of everybody. Like he's like super strong. I think it was Code Veronica, right? Yeah. Like, so that yeah, that tracks, I guess. That's 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 where that starts. Yeah. And then um, Rebecca Chambers, this character, I just think that it's funny that she's the team medic for this specialized task force, and she's eighteen. And I think it's also funny that none of them look or act in a tactical way at all, nor do they make tactically sound decisions. Like I said in the beginning, you know, <laughs> they're like, hey, we just got ambushed and we all have guns. Split but you're going to go check out that <laughs> you're going to go check out that gunfire by yourself and then come back. I mean, that, so that just that just goes to show you like where where their priorities were at that time, right? They weren't like today you have people like that work at call of duty. They spend hours. They probably have a team that just works on guns. You know what I mean? Like, and all this stuff, they just spend hours. I remember, I was reading a dice blog years ago and they were just talking about how they spent an entire week shooting. It wasn't an M 16 or an M four, but I forgot what it was. It was probably like a spaz or something like that. And they were just shooting it for a week recording and, getting information and sound from it, you know, versus back then where they're just like, you know, we don't need a mocap. They were mocap wasn't a thing. So they probably just, you know, 
it's just interesting that how things have changed now, how like attention to detail with the te- as technology has advanced. Right. So another f- cool thing about characters is there are two characters that were originally concepted for the for the game, but were not released. One was like this huge. I don't know if you ever played. Um, I don't even remember what the game was called, but I think it was a PlayStation One game where you like control people fighting in like a like a three D arena kind of thing. But they're all cops, and one of the guys is like freaking huge. But anyways, um, there was a character I forget his name. I think it was it was like Getz or something like that. And he's a he was a, like literally a mountain of a person, like literally a disproportionate giant human being. Like that was supposed to be. But they the creator thought that in the end, since he was trying to go for a more realistic horror approach, that it would seem a little too cheesy and take away from the serious story that they were trying to tell. And uh, there was another one that was like really long and lengthy, got dropped as well. But they, those two characters seem cartoony. But the original, there was originally supposed to be those four characters, and then Wesker and Barry and Rebecca got added. But of those first four, Chris and Jill were the ones that remained. Yeah, I just I just think that that's that's cool how like those concepts of characters come and go, and sometimes people don't even learn about them, you know. Yeah, yeah, they just it's a part of the development process. Stuff gets on a ends up on the cutting room floor all the time. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, even even with with uh, Chris's character model, I mean, his or his likeness throughout all the reiterations of the games, he's the one that has had most redesigns out of any character, period. Hmm, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Was it Chris in The Village? Resident Evil Village? Was that him? That was like orchestrating stuff in the background? I was like, "Yep, that's Chris? I was like, dude looks way different than I remember him. But obviously I'm thinking of Polygon's like, probably had like... And then a Wait. lot of people, a lot of people think that the guy on the cover art of Resident Evil is Chris Redfield. That is an unnamed character. They just needed a guy to be on the front. There's, it's not. He looks fucking resemble, crazy too. Whoever that yeah, is, he does. He yeah. doesn't re- resemble anybody's likeness. Even, even that gun that he's holding makes no fucking sense. I looked it up. It turns out that they did some weird Photoshop stuff with an M16 and a and a and a and a Mossberg 500 an old like Woodstock one and came up with whatever weapon he's holding. But it's like some shittily photoshopped <laughs> weapon that like, you're like, that thing looks insane. Like it's a full auto shotgun. Like before that was even a thing. That's and funny. I, Yeah. I just think that those little things about the development and those little things that not everybody knows about, I think that they're cool. And I think that they lend a lot of, of credit to the, the, the creativity of those, of, of the, of the team, you know, back then. I just think I just think that kind of stuff is cool, and I no, and no, I, mean, I, was, I, I was I was happy to research it for the for this episode too. I mean, I had a lot of fun researching and learning about it. No, I agree. This is why one of the reasons why I like doing our podcast is diving into some of these things that happen in the background. This is I loved. This is why I love talking to Courtney Hope. Plug. Listen to our Courtney Hope interview and David Hitter. Like talking to David Hitter and him talking about how he came up with the voice. Like I had never like. I was experiencing that with you all. Like, as I'm listening to him talk about that, how he developed it, like, I didn't know that. I had never heard him talk about it before. And so, like, it's fascinating to me, like, all the behind the scenes stuff. And Courtney Ho talking about working with Sam Lake and then, uh, what's his name? Sean, I forgot his last name, dude that 
was in I can't I'm gonna have to decide I don't remember the name of the game. But anyways, just all that behind the scenes stuff was great. Uh, all right, so I'm I'm pretty much wrapped up here. I don't have anything else to add. Do you want to gather our final thoughts and then close it out? Yeah, sure. That's fine. All right, I'll let you start off your final thoughts, and then I'll have Yeah, my... absolutely. Um, I think Resident Evil, like I said before, objectively, the game is bad. The narrative is bad. The timeline doesn't play out the way that you would think. It has a lot of lulls in action, but I do think that that is kind of like the charm in terms of being a horror game, because... It's not just action, 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 back-to-back shooting and jumping and and all the crazy stuff that you attribute to Resident Evil nowadays. You know what I mean? Like, nowadays, you're jumping out of windows, you're fighting giant, insanely huge, inconceivable Leviathan-sized monsters with a pistol. But, like, back in Resident Evil, like, they were very back-to... Not back-to-basics, because they started it, but... um just shooting undead guys man i mean obviously they had their supernatural kind of monsters like we said before like the spiders and the the sharks and the snakes and all that stuff and that's cool did i just lose connection nice to hear you okay sorry um and that's cool but i just feel like you know the game it's it's objectively the game is bad but I feel like it just, it has, it holds a lot of charm. I tried going through a playthrough of the HD remake and I couldn't do it. <laughs> I was so, I was bored. I was, and it still holds a lot of those. It's just more HD. It, they didn't add any new mechanics, you know? So it's like, I was still like, man, this game fucking it's rough. It's hard to play. On top of the fact that it's hard. But I think that, you know, it's, it's something that definitely, it, it holds a special place in my heart because it, like I said in the beginning of the episode, you know, it's something that lent that unity between me and my, you know, younger family and, you know, my friends. Because it gave us, you know, it gave us a, a source of, to expand our imagination and, and create our own, our own worlds, our own situations as children, you know. Obviously, that's crazy to think that children are like, yeah, zombies, mm-hmm. kill them! But I mean... It was the 90s, man. Leave me alone. <laughs> no, I, I, I totally get it. And so I don't have a whole lot to add to what you said. But yeah, my final thoughts is that it was a genre-defining game, a genre-creating game. It was something that we had never seen done at its time. And I thought it was interesting how, and I didn't plan this, was how it sort of aligns with the Blair Witch Project and how that was a genre-defining movie, a genre-creating movie, and Resident Evil as well. So it actually kind of fits in that narrative, I guess. It's just something that I had never, we had never seen done before at, at that time, and yeah. it gave us something that we just never got to experience in that kind of way. It's just so crazy to think about what that game did for gaming it's bad English but it just like what that game just did for the for gaming in general it just introduced so many things like I never experienced fear in a game before I was never ah, you know like scared like that where I felt I'm gonna piss my pants or shit myself man like it was yeah, scary right. like it was like legit right. scary now no not so much but because we've probably been desensitized with all the other shit that we've been playing now but back then we had never seen it before so it's just it's really cool to go back and look at these things and, and open up the box a little bit and just and talk about it and just remember it, it, it's just a nostalgia thing too but I'm sure it doesn't hold up well it didn't look like it hold up well when I watched the playthroughs of, of the game 
but I had a lot of great memories and it was just uh, an awesome an awesome game at the time and it just it's crazy to me thinking about just what that game means to the video game history currently you know like you can look right. back on it that game is going to be synonymous with horror video game horror forever like for as long as video games are in existence that game will be always be remembered as the quintessential first horror game i know there's other things out there probably on pc like alone in the dark whatever but for the masses resident evil was it right yeah so that's all i have we did get our metal gear reference in we did success <laughs> we did get our metal gear reference in so that being said i hope you all enjoyed this episode again every week we are doing a four themed episode we are going either next week's going to be the blob or child's play i think and we haven't decided yet so i think that's what we're going with for the next episode so first of all thank you all for listening i really, really appreciate it and join our discord follow us on social medias it's all in the links in the description everything's there josh, josh doing some awesome things on tiktok i've got my twitter instagram all the socials are on there follow us come join the discord yeah appreciate it thank you for listening don't be shitty y'all have a good day bye 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 bye